podcast. Welcome to TT from the D podcast show. I'm your host, TT. My show is going to be very informative. I have a wonderful guest who I've known for quite some time, and I've truly watched her evolve and grow into different directions. And who would have known how things have a way of aligning themselves that we would be here today talking about what we're getting ready to talk about, which is our mental health during the pandemic. But before we get into the nature of that show and I introduce my phenomenal guests, I want to remind you that I want you to be in your comfortable zone. So you know how we do around here because this is after hours, right? This is your time to unwind, relax, and really just have a moment for yourself. So I have my people that love to have their glass of wine to relax and chill. I also have my beer drinkers, okay? Because I know y'all be coming for me when I don't mention y'all. And then have my people who like, you know, your coffee and your tea, your H2O, you can never have too much of that. And for those that like to tell me they grow and sexy when they want to have their little scotch neat. Now that's putting hair on my chest, so I'm not trying to do all that. But whatever floats your boat, I want you to be happy. So let me tell you a little bit about my guests, okay? First of all, she gives some of the best hugs. She will make you <laughs> get limp when you get in her arms. We attend the same church. And um, wow, like when I see her, sometimes I might be going through something and I won't hug her because I know I'm gonna just cry, I'm gonna break down, I'm gonna feel so comfortable. <laughs> and she's gonna pull it and it's like, she, she don't even know. Or she'll look at you with those eyes of hers and she'll say, hey, sweetie, how you doing? And you be looking like, oh, you like, oh my God, I was together until I saw you. <laughs> until you gave me that hug, you just go limp in her arms. So she's a mother, okay, of some awesome, amazing children. They're all college bound. They're all gone off to school. So, you know, to bring up two African-American young men and a beautiful African-American young lady, and they're all away in school is just amazing. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, like we don't do it because yes, we do. However, when you see someone like my guest in the beginning, like this is a single mom at the time. She's uh, Mrs. Calvin right now, but <laughs> back then it was Miss Simley. And so she was not lacking anything from what we saw. She was maintaining motherhood, entrepreneurship, school, She's a lethargical dance instructor, just a whole lot, okay? She's an author, just, okay, when I tell you this woman got a bunch of suitcases and she carries <laughs> it well, she's not like the bag lady like Erica Badu was singing about. No, no, no. But you could call her if you needed to get Ty Tyrone kicked out the crib. You could do that, but you ain't got right. it. Okay, <laughs> so she's also a wife. She has an amazing husband. And together, they just have this industry. This chemistry is just Man, when I when we when we heard about him before we saw him, first of all, when you see him, you feeling like, oh, don't nobody do nothing, don't don't know nobody, don't even look wrong, don't even do it. But he's so kind and he's so sweet. And together, they truly, truly have an amazing union, and it oozes out of them without them even doing it. If you see people pictures on social media, like you know, we like to look at people's pictures or videos. They don't even have to say anything. You just look and you see love. There is no doubt about it, okay? Wow. So she's also, like I said, she's an author and I have to get her back on here for that. She wears so many hats. It's like, I can't <laughs> have her come on and talk about everything at once because I don't want you to get lost. And I want every moment to have its own ray to shine. Man. So 
She is a licensed clinical mental health therapist. She specializes in a lot of different areas. She's a certified transformational coach. Like I said, she's a minister. She's a lethargical dance instructor. She has her own office where she provides services for people who just need to be able to just let go, let loose, be free, be themselves. Absolutely. And she's located in Sterling Heights, Michigan. They call her the transformation, the transformer Rev D, right? I can't wait to hear about that one because I can I can I can only imagine, but I want her to break that down for me. But I could go on and give her her accolades. I believe in giving people their roses and saluting them while they're above the ground. Because when people are amazing, sometimes they just get so caught up in life they have no opportunity to really sit back and take all of themselves because they're always pouring into other people, other things, because that's just a part of their gift from God. And so it gives me great pleasure. I've been trying, let me say this, y'all. Let me, let me, I got my solar roses, but let me go to say this. I've been trying to get her on this show forever, okay? Now y'all know, I just birthed this show this year and you know how you write out your little list, your little, future list, death list, and the people you want on it. And it's like our schedules just did not connect. And I know she's always on the go. She's a very busy woman. And one thing I love about it is that I know that if she didn't have time to get on here, because I know she got a lot of love for me, that means she's doing a lot of work in this world. A lot of things we know about, and a lot of things we don't know about. So mercy and grace extended to everybody. But I am so pumped. That I was able to get <laughs> the one and only Mrs. Darnisha Simley Calvin. How are you, dear? I am okay. You are so wonderful. <laughs> you make everything sound great. Oh wow! Well, I, I didn't. I didn't have to stretch me. that. I didn't have to stretch it. Yeah. <laughs> reality is where reality is. Uh, okay, I receive. Okay, that please I'm... receive it, please, please. <laughs> yes, I'm doing okay. How are you, sweetie? I am doing well. I am doing well. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I just gave a little overview of you. I want you to tell my listeners who you are. Well, I am Darnisha Simley Calvin, and um, Teresa said everything, and she is so wonderful, and it's just a blessing to even know her. And like she said, how we came to know each other, you know, just um, always being a blessing, always seeing her smile, you know, and um, she can be um, just that beacon of light that you need to see when you when she walks into the room. So she just doesn't know how much she blesses me as she talk about me blessing her <laughs> and seeing her do the things that she do and walking in the cause that um, have been placed on her life. So I'm thankful and grateful for her. Um, grateful for this opportunity, as she said, when she first thought about doing you know, her show, she reached out to me in the beginning and I was like, oh, my schedule. And, you know, you just got so many things going on. And like she said, kids in college and traveling to games because they play sports. And so this was a lot going on, but I'm grateful and thankful at this time that, you know, we had an opportunity to connect because I really, really like to do what I say I'm going to do. And I promised her I was going to get on there before this year was (laughs) out. So I made it, I made it, I made it. But I'm grateful. Amen. So, um, 
as I said, I am Darnisha Stanley Calvin, and I am currently the, the CEO and founder of Don New Awakening, um, which is actually my therapist slash um, life coaching business that I have and office that I run. Um, currently, I also do what they would call a day job, which is working in the substance abuse and mental health arena. So I deal with people who have co-occurring disorders, which means that they have something going on in their mental health along with being addicted to some form of substance. So um, I do that as my day job and then I run my business and I have so many other things that I'm connected to. I make bling items like shirts and hats and also um, work with um, now a new launch that'll be coming out soon. So you guys will be the first to hear it. Um, but I just um, started my own nonprofit organization and that organization is called Daughters of Strength and it is an organization for women who have had all kinds of struggles and different things to go on in their life, but now are in a place to get the help and support that they need to reach their destinies in life. So um, that will be rolling out real soon. I just got all of the paperwork and got my board set up. So I'm ready to rock and roll with that as well. Anytime I can be helping or doing some something to bless somebody and be a, a, a a sure help, definitely help. It's, that's my role. So I'm grateful to be here. And I also work in the area of, um, you know, just general counseling. I do um, counseling for, you know, the mental health areas as well as some other areas. I have a couple of clients that struggle with eating disorders and um, also do marriage counseling. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Wow. And you know what? I, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk off, off the air, of course, because I, I forgot to do the blinged out. And, you know, with TT Consultant Services being launched this year, I'm trying to do the whole TT from the D brand. And it will, I would love to see TT from the D um, blinged out. And so we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I would love to do that. Oh yeah, man. Okay, y'all gonna come on. Y'all they gonna run it. They gonna see what it is. Oh yeah, they gonna see. So yeah, I have to say this, and this is you know, I love to have fun on the show. Everybody knows that I love to bring people on this informative. We have a lot of information that we share. This particular show, like as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, I have been wanting to get. Uh, Darnisha on here for a while however I believe timing is everything and the subject and topic that I wanted to talk about initially had to get put on the back burner because I saw something this past weekend and it moved me and I know a lot of different counselors and therapists and things like that but the first person that God dropped in my spirit that I said because I knew I wanted to talk about mental health during the pandemic, especially circling our young people. They're struggling something terrible. I work in education, as Dianisha would say, my day job is I work in education and we deal with a lot of different things. Um, a lot of things people just wouldn't even know that happens. And, you know, you just don't know. And so when I saw a post, I shared it with Darnisha, but God had put it in my spirit like you were the one. 
it's like okay because there's one mm. one thing I love about your your position is yeah you know about the clinicals and all that and that book stuff but you know about God and yeah. so we have yeah. to be able to tie the two together. You can you could talk somebody to death about the things you learned about the book, and I'm not talking about the book that got like not, I'm not talking about the uh, Bible, right? The basic instruction before leaving Earth manual. I'm talking about the books that we get in school and we learn it and we get our boards, we pass all that. So she has that locked, but she also has such a powerful spirit and a wealth of knowledge in ministry, and I'm like we need both of those for this show and like i said i know a lot of you know other therapists and counselors and things and they have great spirits too however when you know you know and i didn't even i i didn't even think like let me see which one who i, I it was like oh i need to talk to Darnisha. i need to get her on the show and so it was just like that's it and so i i remember we connected right before my meeting and you were like Look, I'm going to make this happen. I know you're getting ready to do some things and you're busy, but she fit me in. So again, before we get into this, I just had to acknowledge that, that this is not just your average counselor therapist. There is an underlining goodness that supports her and will allow her to bring the knowledge and wisdom that you will need, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for a loved one, a coworker, a neighbor, a heck, a stranger. You could be you could be seeing somebody in your everyday coming and going cross paths with people that you see in your places like, you know, as they say our central workers, people are struggling. And sometimes you just don't know, but it could be what you say and how you say that can make a person's day. So, yeah, I just I just had to say that because this thing yeah. is serious. It's real serious. Very serious. Very serious. It's taking over. And um, people are not realizing that we have adults, literal adults, that function very well on a daily basis. And the pandemic is tearing them apart. So can you imagine an adult who has lived a little bit of life and had some struggles in life and some ups and downs and still tried to pray and you lost their faith a little bit. Can you just imagine what young people who might have might not been uh, introduced to God, who might or might not have had experiences yet to take them over to see a world in the shape that our world is in right now. And this is where they live. This is where they have to grow. This is where they have to learn. The whole world changed. Yeah. Um, and so it's huge in a sense that um, we have adults that don't have coping skills yet. Amen. 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 <laughs> so when we think, when we think about young people who have to be taught those coping skills, and we have the young people who are still having questions and still lost and still trying to figure out who they are, you know, and then the world goes, you know, kaput. So when you say that, when you, when you mention that we still have adults that are having problems with coping skills, do, have you noticed a peak with the young people being, um, families bringing young people to counseling since the pandemic hit? Since the pandemic has hit, there has been a lot of questions 
a lot of parents are not yet bringing the kids per se or the children to counseling unless they're older. You see, you're seeing more of the age group between 18 and 19 saying I need to talk to somebody. Mm. But the younger children, parents themselves are actually calling in or trying to do virtual Zoom appointments to see what can I do to help my child. So the younger ages, the parents are trying to do it because they're trying to find their way themselves. Um, but I am seeing an increase in the age between 16 and 19 of the young people actually saying, you know what, I need somebody to talk to. Wow. Yeah, I'm thankful so that they fun. are. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful that they are. I've been doing a lot of reading up um, on like, you know, you, you can't help but see the stuff that's in social media, but, and you know, I don't see it plastered on CNN and the local news channels. And, you know, I don't really know why they don't uh, share things. A part of me feels like I know why they don't. Other part of me is like, we need to talk about mental health. Like people are struggling and it's not just yes. the adults. You, you have, you know, these young people and you and I both know, you know, way, way, way before this pandemic ever was thought about and birthed and created, we should say. Right. We both know of a young person that took their lives and they was the youngest person I have ever known to Absolutely. take their life. And it, it, it's still to this day, I'm like, what could have been going through that baby's mind? Mm-hmm. And so in today's time, pressing forward years later, and we in the middle of, we don't know what we're doing here. We don't know what tomorrow may bring on a different level. These kids, what I'm seeing is like a peak in suicide. And I'm like, uh, man, like what, what are we, what are we doing? What can we do? That's, that's, that's part of my thing. Danisha, what can we do to kind of, how are you going to say Stop the thought, but because there's a struggle, you got isolation and depression mm-hmm. and all these things that kids are unpacking and they don't even know they're unpacking it. What can we do as, as adults when we see them struggling? Um, when our young people are struggling, we have to make sure that we are paying attention and that we are definitely, definitely listening. We have to make sure that we are on our P's and Q's about watching what's going on. We have a situation where everything is right at their fingertips, their phone, the computer, the games, all of the things that they have at their access that can cause them to become consumed, but also play things that would cause them to get depressed or have anxiety or be worried. So we need to make sure that we're paying attention to their moves, that we're watching everything that's happening with them. If they're sitting off in a corner by themselves, isolation is a big deal. Isolation is happening with our children daily because they're not around other children. They're not around people as much. Everything has been confined to the home and where we have to stay in due to the pandemic. So they aren't around or having as much activity or interaction with people. So when the isolation becomes even more that they isolate themselves from family members, that they, you know, take themselves and lock themselves in their room and don't want to be bothered or they stay concerned 24 7 with their face in the phone and nobody's asking what are you watching what are you looking at 
what um, has your attention right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just the things to be paying attention and focused on how the, the young people are reacting. And then we have to listen. You know, people might not think that children have subliminals in their messages, but they do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, sometimes there's a subliminal message that they're telling you, I'm in pain and I'm hurting, but it comes out in a total different kind of conversation. So you got to listen. Is there something that, you know, Johnny might talk about or, you know, that message seemed kind of weird. Or when, um, when I was talking to my son this morning, he said something that normally isn't his character. So there is an extra special, um, attention and listening technique that we have to use with the children and always be aware of their mood um there's a mood a daily mood chart that i'm having my parents do now because the children are at home all day just to see if their mood fluctuates if it goes up or down if at 8 a.m the child is totally excited and by 10 a.m the child is down moping around or sad if the child at 12 noon cries and it happens every day at 12 noon just those things that you would think that might not be a big deal, but we have to pay more attention to now. Wow. Wow. You know, that makes me think because with the homeschooling, like I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to virtually work from home. We go into the building sometimes when we ne- when it's necessary, you know, but with Cody being in elementary school, the struggle's been real. Um, I've seen mm-hmm. shift and change, and I thank God for the change where he's got more acclimated with everything. But there was a peak when it would just be like, he just wasn't laughing and smiling. You know, Cody, he's always laughing right. and smiling. And he wasn't doing that. And then one day he had said, I hate the pandemic. It, I can't see my friends. I can't mm-hmm. go to school. I can't see my teachers. I didn't want to do fifth grade this like, like this. I didn't get to end fourth grade with my friends. And, and I, I was like, oh, you know, you try to do the pep talk. And when I, at the end of the night, I was talking to Andre and I'm like, that was deep. Like mm-hmm. he just really voiced. And I thank God that he feels comfortable enough to voice how he feels. But I'm aware that there's a lot of young people that are not comfortable with voicing how they feel. Absolutely. And one thing that's the biggest piece to this is that we have to remember that they're human too. Yeah. Uh, we can get stuck in the mode that young people are, you know, you're a child, stay in a child's place. And, you know, um, you don't have no worries. You don't have no bills and you're not stressed out or you can't do this or you don't have to worry about this. But there is worry there. There is anxiety there. But when I open my eyes, my world has changed. It didn't just happen for adults. We might have had people that got laid off and might have lost their jobs and their finances might have been affected or, you know, their world got turned upside down because they didn't have a safety net of finances or don't know what they're going to do now or my one skill that I had, I can't do that anymore because the job closed down or, you know, just these things that happen in everyday life along with people getting sick, losing family members and having our grief. But what we have to realize is when those things happen to us, it might not be a child that's paying a bill, but it's a child that knows my mommy can't pay the bill anymore. Mm. So it's a child that knows that I might be in the dark. I yeah. might have to experience something I never experienced before or start to watch the struggle of a parent who can't, is trying really hard to make ends meet to be able to feed them. 
So the worry does trickle, the anxiety does trickle, but it's just that they don't have that responsibility. There's another responsibility that becomes underlined. Wow. So that is a lot. That's a that's a lot to put on a child's, you know, you and no matter how we mask it. You know, you got some people that can mask it pretty well, but then, you know, if you are a parent that's struggling, how are you even going to attempt to help your child or even notice that your child or loved one is struggling? Because you 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 caught up in your own and it's not saying that you're a bad parent. It's just, I think that's the, that's the moment where it's like, this is bigger than us. As, they, as exactly. they're saying, this is above me. So this is bigger mm-hmm. than me. This is bigger than you. We need counseling. That's why I'm, I'm thankful for family counseling. It's not just always, yeah. well, mom needs to go to counseling, dad needs to go to counseling, or the child needs. How about we need to go together? Yes. And one thing that I can say is that was a great um, experience for myself as well. You know, TT mentioned that um, I did... Um, single parenting for several years with my children and I actually started off married I was married before I even had children I ended up in a space and place where there was divorce there and I had to raise three teenagers basically a 10 year old 11 year old and 12 year old you know by myself and I took them all the way through till they went to college and each graduated but there is a process there that we had to understand that this wasn't what life was like because I never was you know a parent I had my children after I was married you know after I had what I called my life together and I moved forward and had a you know pretty decent job and you know um, my ex-husband had a decent job and we moved forward with what was going on so life to them was different Mm -hmm. and I had to take the the step back and say wait a minute everybody's lives change even though my life changed my the children's life changed too this is totally different this is new you know so um doing family counseling was one of the biggest blessings that could have ever happened because how damaged I thought they might be the things that I thought they might be experiencing the things that I felt would keep them bound or maybe even make me angry and keep me bound we found out through doing the family counseling that we were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it was huge because the the, the um, children got a chance to express where they are, how they felt, and what they felt they were going through, and me as well. And they had us separate, and then they would bring us together every third session to make sure that we would be on one accord and be free to say what we needed to say. But um, it is an all-around process, and I never feel like people are too young to get counseling because when things go in a way that you don't understand then to get clarity and understanding is not always going to be as easy as it used to be because the world is just not the same well yeah it is not and and, and, you know you hear people loosely say I'll be glad when we get back to the way things were. It will never go back to the way things were. It'll never be that way. Never be that way. And the biggest key piece that's missing for all of everybody, this is one key piece that is missing for everybody. If you do not put yourself in a space and place to understand how important coping skills are, 
because we're not going back to the way it used to be. But we're going to learn, have to learn the coping skills to deal with how it's going to be. Mm. And if you do not get those coping skills, then this world is going to take you on a whirlwind spin that you don't want to be on. So coping skills is going to be key for each individual. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was looking and I was reading, I try to keep up with, you know, what the uh, updates are with the Center for Dis- uh, the Disease Control and Prevention. And they said that in the past 30 days, they did a survey and one in four said that they had thought about suicide, ranging from children to adults. What's your thoughts about that? Well, that sounds about right with what's happening in the pandemic. And mostly that be- that is because the feel of change. Mm. Just in general, as a person, we don't really like change. When we get comfortable, when, when we're in our comfort zone or whatever, change kind of, you know, it agitates us a little bit. Like, why did this have to change? If it wasn't broke, don't fix it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality that we're in. So when you have these young people that have no coping skills, nobody's listening to me, nobody's paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell them, but nobody's watching, nobody hears me, and then here I am stuck because being stuck for a young person means no movement. Mm. Okay, so if I have no movement, then what is life to me? Mm. Because I'm stuck and I'm not going to be able to move. Um, There's one thing that I wanted to talk about and this is a perfect place to talk about it because there's a young lady that, um, you know, um, she was struggling because school was her life. She was high school. She ran track. And so she was a track star and she was an all A student in school. But she would put get her clothes together at night for school the next day. She'd be at the track at 6 a.m. out there running, you know, doing her practice before school. Then school would start. Then she would take all of her classes and do everything. Mm-hmm. She would make sure she passed all her classes. She would come go to practice after school with everybody else. Then after that practice, she came home. She did homework. This was her routine. Mm-hmm. And her routine got totally distorted. Mm-hmm. Her routine when the pandemic happened, all oh, that shut down. School is closed. Uh, your grades gonna come through a computer. You're not gonna go sit in the classroom and meet with people. Like her whole life changed. I don't have to get close together at night because I ain't going nowhere. Right. I don't have to uh, get up in the morning and go run because all sports have been shut down. Mm. So my whole world is gone because you didn't hear me say in there that she had time to really sit down for breakfast at 6 a.m. She was at the track. Right. So she never sat down for breakfast. She never had the opportunity to really do lunch with anybody but school. Wow. She never had the opportunity to really do dinner because she was at practice after school and she was eating on the run, doing homework or at her desk in her room or trying to figure out how she was going to get the grades done. And then that went into, let me get my clothes ready for tomorrow. Wow. So this world is new for her. Me having to be at home. What do you mean I wake up at 5 a.m. to get ready to go and, oh, I got to realize I'm not going anywhere. There's no running, there's no track, there's no, you know what I'm saying? There's no workout, there's no, you know, none of that. All of it is gone. 
So her mindset was like, what am I living for? Mm. Everything that I live for is gone. Wow. And I have no clue when it's coming back. No. My life is in the unknown right now. It's almost like we're living in the twilight zone. And I know some people are right. like, what is that? I'm dating myself. But it's okay. If you don't know about the twilight zone, you need to Google it. But um, I tell I tell the parents all the time, I said, think about it from this perspective. Do you remember the cartoon, the Jetsons? Oh, I love the Jetsons. <laughs> and I said, now just think about it. They hit buttons and everything was on a screen and mm-hmm. how they got from point A and point B. It's like we're moving toward the Jetsons. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. nothing is the same. So yeah. it's really, really, yeah. But my thought process on that is that it's so true. And that's why it's so key for us to just really, really put that extra mile in there to pay attention so let me ask you what do you think or what do you consider to be the leading cause of mental health breakdown well there is no single cause for mental illness okay and since there is a number of factors that can contribute to the risk of having mental illness these factors can range from anything. It can range from early traumatic life experiences. It could be such things as having abuse when you were a child, child abuse, sexual abuse at any age, witnessing a lot of violence, and it could be inside or outside of the home. So these traumas then in turn begin to trigger what's going on. So it's really triggered by your environment. But it could have been something that happened in your childhood that was suppressed at childhood. And we all know the saying, what happened in this house, stay in this house. So it was suppressed at childhood and you never said anything. But then somebody who looks like somebody, you know, that touched you when you were a child can be a trigger immediately. But the things that it causes is the anxiety, Mm. um, which connects to the mental illness. So there's no single cause for it, but mental illness comes from those factors. And those factors collectively can cause it to be where, okay, I need some medication or I need some help or I need somebody to talk to. I need to be able to cope with this. How do I deal with this? And it just is constantly playing on your mind. One thing that people really need to know about mental illness is that it literally is, you know, an attack on the mind. So thought process is key. And when a lot of people don't have their thought process in the right place or haven't even realized that they're in control of their thoughts, you know, that they can take control of it. They can speak self and I messages to themselves and others to help them control that. Then it can just spiral out of control. And that's when people actually turn to alcohol and drugs, which I said, you know, like it's my day job. A lot of people who are addicted to these drugs and stuff now, it's because something happened. Mm. And it's a coping and mechanism. Into a, that's it. This is how they cope. You know, nobody never told me that if somebody touches me, it's okay for me to come to you and tell you they're touching me so that they'll never do that again. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever told me that when I'm having bad nightmares or whatever, that they're here for me. They're like, close that door. It's nine o'clock and I don't want to see you to the morning. Don't come out of that room. Um, it's so much that piles on. And because we think we're doing a good job on, you know, teaching our kids to right from wrong and setting rules and setting boundaries, some boundaries have had us bound. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like I want to book a session myself. Because <laughs> I'm sitting up real. I'm really, you know, it's, um, you know, you know, it's so, we carry so much for those of us that feel like I got it together. Like, I don't think I got mm-hmm. it all together. I think I'm pretty good. But there are sometimes, some moments when I feel like I'm struggling. And what gets mm-hmm. me through is I pray and I cry out. I pray and I cry out. And I just sometimes will ball up and just be in a fetal position and just cry out like mm-hmm. to like God, like Daddy, why? Like Father, why? 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 Mm-hmm. And so crying, so I can't cry no more. And then I find myself being able to reflect and say, okay, now that you have done that, what are we doing now? Because you can't stay there. Wow. And you hear that saying, yeah. and, and I wanted to ask you that. You know, I hear this a lot. I believe it. But what does it really mean when we say it's okay to not be okay? What are we saying to ourselves? Well, the first thing about it being okay to not be okay is that once you identify that you're not okay, we've been so used to being in a denial place about whether we're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from a spiritual perspective. I'm so glad you asked me that question because spiritually, we sometimes have been taught or we believe that everything has to be okay because we believe in God. Mm. So God is our, you know, he's our way maker. He's our provider. He's everything. So you can't break down because then that means you don't believe that God can do this, Mm. right? You can't not be normal, okay? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at this time, I don't need you to be human. I need you to be like super spirit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we get this fog around us that says that we can't be, we can't be normal and we can't allow ourselves to feel or have emotion or whatever. But that was the being that we were created as. So there are going to be times when we're going to have to set ourselves aside Mm -hmm. and we're going to have to say, you know what? I'm not okay. I tell people all the time, one of the things that's been key in my life is letting God know that I'm not okay. When something is going on with me and I just can't pull it together, I say to him, okay, God, I'm not together. I don't know what it's going to take for you to put me in a place and space that I feel better about what I'm going through or that I can clearly see what's happening or that there's something there. But I can tell you for me, I'm not together. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm your responsibility, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need you. I need you to fix this mm-hmm. because I'm not together. But that's my first step in knowing that I'm admitting I'm not okay. And then it opens that gate for me to be able to hear. I can hear, you know, from God. I can see how things are changing. I can see, you know, where things are going. Like, okay, well, I'm getting a clear revelation of that. There's also something that people need to realize is that your body 
and your mind, your heart, your soul can always be looked at as a container, mm-hmm. right? And so when you have your body and mind and soul and everything is contained, you got all this stuff going in. All of this stuff is just going in, it's going in, it's going in. The container getting full, container getting full. And then when it's time for you to be you, you put your smile on, you got everything done, you cap it up. You put the top on it. You close the container up and the mm-hmm. lid because what's in there, you don't want it to come out. I got all this stuff that deported me that happened, that went on, and my life has been like this and been like that, and this bad thing happened, and this happened, and this happened. But I took it. I took it on the shoulder. I took it on the chin, took that left and right, and, you know, it's in there. But you put the container mm. on. At some point in time, guess what? That container explodes. And it's nothing like you would ever want to do. You even be saying to yourself, I can't believe I acted like that. I can't believe I did that. But it's because everything has a container and everything has a capacity. And when you reach capacity, it's nothing more that can go in there until you acknowledge that it's too much in there. I have to release this. I got to dump this container out. And for those people that are in a spiritual place and know God, what do we say? Cast your cares where? Those ca- those cares have to be cast where? Upon him. Okay. Yeah. So it's not for us to put in a container and yeah. keep. Yeah. It's for us to release. So that allows us to be human. And that lets us know it's okay not to be okay. I'm dumping my container out so that I can move on. And it might get filled again. And I'm going to dump it out again. Hmm. But I'm not going to carry it. I'm not going to keep it. Wow. What what are, are some coping methods you would suggest to a person who might say, you know, because I... I tell you, I was dealing with anxiety and I'm, I've gotten a lot mm-hmm. better over the years, but it was very serious a couple of years ago where I would have panic attacks if I would get on the freeway mm-hmm. in the evening time because of, I got into a car accident, a spin out on uh, 94 a couple of years ago. I was on my way to Chicago and it was really bad weather and some things, I learned some trigger things, but okay. initially when I was going to the doctor, my former doctor she wanted to uh, prescribe me something that, that would calm me down. And and I was like, no, I knew like, I don't want to be on medication. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to be on medication mm-hmm. to help me. No, I need to learn how to get through this. And at first I said, I'll just not get on the freeway. So I was convinced like, you know what? I'm just not going to get on the freeway at night. I'm just not going to get on the freeway, period. And I was like, no, that, that, that can't work. Because what if I'm somewhere and the only way to go is through the freeway? I would never be able to leave. Right. I said, I don't want to be handicapped. I don't want to be in the position where I feel like, okay, I need somebody to always do this. But I found myself struggling. And they wanted to give me medication. And like I said, and I said, no. So I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. What are some methods that people can use to learn to cope with issues versus drugs, alcohol, or prescribed medication? Okay, so one of the things that people have to realize is that anytime you've had a traumatic experience, anything that reminds you of that, um, anything that has gone on, the first thing is going to elevate the speaker. Mm. 
So it doesn't matter what it is. I had a client that I um, was working with and he was in that flood, the flood that we had here in um, Michigan oh, yeah. right on the on the freeway and the, the cars were on the fleet freeway covered in water where well, he was one of the young people that was in mm. that car. And he was in a car and the flood happened and he was on his way to his grandmother's house. So they got him out. They got him out safe and everything. But he was traumatically traumatized with rain, with any time somebody said he had to get on the freeway and any time he went to his grandmother's house. So he loved his grandmother's house, but he like, I'm not going there. Cause it's gonna rain. Like he identified me going to my grandma's house mean that I'm about to go back through what I've oh, been wow. through. So all of that had to revert because it it developed a internal fear, and that's what happened when we when we experience anything that's trauma. It's going to develop an internal fear that we have to actually speak to the fear with positivity but it's all a thought process so our thought process only is controlled by us when you wake up in the morning you say okay you might be laying there those eyes pop open you say thank you jesus for waking me up this morning but then that next thought process is am i gonna get up out of this bed go mm-hmm. to the bathroom, or am i gonna lay here and use the bathroom <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> so, so you know but it's a thought mm-hmm. right and then what comes after the thought? You got to make a what? Okay. And you got yep. the choice, right? So what has to happen is when you're in that place and space, it's not always necessary for medication to, to keep you in a good place. Your thought process is what it is. My biggest part of therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy because I'm into thought. You know, like cognitively what you think and what you feel controls your world. So if you want to be in control of your world, then there's things that you have to put in place about your thought process. You have to literally speak yourself through the process. So like your experience was on the freeway, you had this accident. What about that has developed the fear? Was it the freeway? Was it the accident? Was it what happened after the accident? Or was it what happened before the accident? Actually being able to see it happen, see it coming. And so you break it down from there. And then there's a process of each step, how you get over that. So you put other thought processes in place, like say, for example, perfect example for you, you would come to me, you would tell me I've been in this car accident, I really don't want to get on the freeway, whatever. So we break it down and you tell me, for example, it's the whole fact that I got to get on the freeway. It's the whole thing that when I'm getting ready to get on the freeway, I start shaking. When I get, when somebody tell me I got to go from the west side to the east side, I'm like, oh Lord, mm-hmm. get on the freeway, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Your thought process now has to change. When somebody speaks something to you that I have to get on the freeway, your thought process might have to be, okay, Lord, I got to get ready to get on this freeway. I'm praying and giving it to you. And you're going to take me from point A to point B safely because my trust is in you. Mm. But you had to speak that to God, you know, for those who... That's that's where your faith is. You spoke it to God and then you spoke it to yourself. Because yeah. now you believe that I can do this because God is going to carry me yeah. there. 
You know, you have to know other things that you can say to yourself. I got one. The way that I got that child to visit his grandmother's house again is to go back down memory lane of what happens at grandma's house. She bakes me cookies. She does this. Like the things that he loved. It's like, is it fair to miss out on the things that you love? Because we had one thing to happen that probably would never happen again, but it's keeping you and controlling your mindset to keep you from getting to those good things and things. Wow. You know, like you got to really work on it, but people need to work on it. It's okay to have yeah. to work on it. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to have to have a certain thought process. You know, I have to put myself in the mindset of a thought process every day when I go into work because I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to hear. I don't know if somebody's going to be, been, you know, OD yeah. overnight. I don't know if I'm going to walk in and it's going to be a client in the lobby crying. And, you know what I'm saying? Going through withdrawal. I really yeah. don't know. So my thought process has to be set up on my drive to work every day. Wow. Um, so we have to realize that being the best us we can be it can take some extra work and especially when we have things like anxiety and depression to come in because they're all mind controlling and mind consuming of something we have the control over there's nothing you can do in life without a thought and because we've been given choice then we have the choice to control our thoughts but if we don't look at it as being important enough to really speak to our thoughts and make sure it happens then we mm-hmm. lose it and something else takes control. Hmm. What is your advice to someone who is struggling but feel ashamed or afraid to reach out? My advice to someone who is struggling would always be for them to put themselves in a place of seeing it as someone they love. Not identifying themselves with themselves or the actual thing that's going on in the beginning, but identifying themselves with, if this was my little brother, would I want him to kill me? If this was my son, if this was my Mm. mother, you know, if this was, you know, my spouse, you know, would I want my spouse to tell me what I'm going through right now? Like I should really be telling you. Um, sometimes it's almost like the being ashamed is something that has been placed on you. Sometimes, and you know, I really not don't judge or do things culturally, but there are some things that African Americans have experienced that you know some people might not have experienced. And one of those things is the fact that you know when you're going through something, as I said earlier, what happens in this house stays in this house. It has put us in a place to feel like we can't. Right. And my advice to you is that you can. Because at the end of the day, the people who've taught us that we can't, the people who've said no, their whole reason behind it has nothing to do with you being the best you Mm. can be. It has everything, everything to do with them not being there. Everything to do with them trying to cover who they really are or who the family member really is or being in a place of protecting the wrong thing. Yeah. 
I remember there was a show. I think it was a Lifetime movie. And it was called If These Walls Could Talk. I remember that. That was so deep to me back then. I didn't even get to really unpack everything that was happening because I wasn't as wise as I am today, which I can, you know, we're still growing. But I just thought even the title mm-hmm. alone, because I thought about it, I said, if you look at when we're, when we're living, like people can, you can live in a, in a beautiful home and drive a nice car and all these great things. Mm-hmm. But if your car could talk, <laughs> there's stuff that your car hears. Right. If, if, the, if the walls in your home could shield you besides from the elements outside, you know, if it's just like if people, and there's always believe, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm always like, there's people that be listening in on these phone calls and like, why y'all don't interject? What You heard them saying these things. I know there's got to be words that triggers things that say, hey, but I'm like, mm-hmm. where, where is that? Where's the secret people for that? Where's the people that can say, <laughs> hey, hey, there's something going on here. And then I, I feel bad for those people that are affected by someone who ends up taking their own life that didn't see it, that really, uh-huh. truly wasn't aware. Was the ones that saw it uh-huh. and they just said, get yourself together. You just being weak. Cause you got people like that, unfortunately, and let's just keep it real. You got people out there. You can tell, you know that you've been told by somebody that loves and, and, and looks at you as being the person who they can go to that they were struggling or they're hurting or whatever. And for whatever reason mm-hmm. it is, you tell them, don't be no punk. We ain't raised nobody weak. Get yourself together. So yeah, if mm-hmm. that boy or girl, man or woman decides, well, dang, I went to the person that I felt was my safe haven and they pretty much shot mm-hmm. me to the cross. It's like, well, I don't have nowhere else to turn to. And you know how the adversary is. When you get to that weak point, oh, he started making it feel like you're on quicksand. That's it. That's it. And like, it's nothing left to do. But there are so many more things out here now that weren't available back then. We got crisis text lines. We got national suicide prevention lifelines. Those people don't know who you are. All they know is that their job is to help you. So the help is out there. The crisis line, the text line, they even have stuff now where you can get an app on your phone where they never even see your face. And you do your session through the phone. Um, They have um, so much out there now to help you in the areas where the people you thought might help you won't help you, but there is help. So never feel like there's any help. One of the other coping, uh, one of the other things that I want to say about somebody who's struggling and ashamed, okay, one of the biggest keys to getting things from the inside out Mm. is writing. Okay, so whenever something is going on with you that you cannot verbalize, I have two ways that I use. Um, One of them is taking that a journal, a notebook, a piece of paper that you can later put into a box. Um, Write it down. Write down what's happening to you, what your feelings are. When you spew that, or as I say, when you when you um throw mm, up, on I like paper. that. <laughs> um, so so when you throw up on paper, guess where it's not, yes, at? which gives you right. So it gives you less 
possibility of hurting you. Wow. So just throw up on paper. If you got to take it, the journal and put it somewhere and every time you get mad or frustrated, you grab it, it's up on your bed, it's in a, a lockbox, it's in a safe, whatever you feel like you need to do it. But if you throw up on that paper, then you nine times out of 10 are releasing some of the suppression that has happened so that you don't hurt you. Mm, that's a good word. So that's really, really, really important, okay? So that's a, that's something that I really want everybody to know and it works for adults mm-hmm. as well as children. So young people, you know, I got some people that they love to draw and they can't talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, draw. Throw that up on the paper. What's happening to you? What you feel? What you see? The colors that you see. As um, you know, um, TT said earlier, and when she was the, you know, um, sharing about me, the other thing that I do is mm-hmm. liturgical dance. But all of the dance that I do is inspirational, and I have literally seen people be delivered where the song mm. says the words. They they just dance mm. it out. But the song says really where I am, really what I'm feeling. And then I just put the movement mm-hmm. to it. So there's, there are so many more ways than they were back then. So please, please never feel afraid to reach out. How can someone reach out to you if they wanted to become a, a new patient of yours? How can someone reach out to you? Well, the best way to probably reach out to me is to send me an email. Um, I do have um, a Facebook page um, that I've launched for my therapy slash, and it's just Dawn New Awakening LLC. Um, So you can go through the Facebook page and send me a message um, there. A lot of times, a lot of the people that I meet is through word of mouth. So Mm -hmm. since you're hearing this, you know, if you have access to TT, she'll definitely get you to me. There's quite a few people. She sends me a text and say, hey, connect with them. Um, So that's been um, very, very beneficial, you know, to do. And then, um, you know, passing out my business cards. Like I said, I have a Facebook page. I do have an email that, you know, email is the best way to get me. And that email is D is in David, A, R is in Robert, N is in Nancy, I is in Ice Cream, S is in Sam, 48205 at yahoo.com. Okay. Now, I would say, what are three methods that people can use to help build up their mental health during this pandemic? So during the pandemic, there are, I know TT Oh, please three, let it loose. Loose them five. So the first one is if you use any moral confidence or spiritual life support, draw on your mm. belief. Okay, your belief system is going to help bring comfort in difficult times. So if you have any moral confidence, however you see it, a higher being, spiritual life, spiritual life support, you have, um, you know, any of that, draw your strength from your belief. Okay, and it's going to help you be confident during those difficult times. The next thing is keep a regular routine no matter what. Although change happens 
routine doesn't. Okay, the word routine means having something that's set and etched in stone that you do on a daily basis that keeps your mind going. So if school was your thing and that was your lifeline and that was what you did and everything got shut down with school, okay, let's make a new routine. Let's develop something that's new, something that's going to become regular that I'm going to do every day. Um, usually when I would go to lunch at school, then no, I'm, at that time I'm going to do my workout. Usually when I would do this, just change and replace, change and replace, but keep a regular okay. routine. That's number two. Limit your exposure to mm, Say that again for the people ain't listening to the <laughs> <laughs> limit yes. it. Do you hear me? If I can't tell you nothing else, limit your exposure to news and media. This has been the most hyped time for media to get everything mm. under the sun out. Because everybody's watching the media. So even if they're telling you something wrong, even if they're telling you something that's indifferent, there is something on the media that's going to cause the extra, what I call putting you in an epidemic mm, of anxiety. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be caused by the news media. So limit the exposure as much as you can to any forms of news media because that is not going to be good okay. for you. Okay, make make connections. Okay, we have too many ways that we can connect with people, even if we're not sitting yeah. face to face. Yeah. Okay, whether it's sending them a text, shooting them an email, calling them on the phone, using apps like FaceTime, yeah. and you can see them. Um, doing Zoom, um, just to be able to have a virtual socialization or over the phone, something that makes connections, it alleviates mm. isolation. Okay. okay, make connection the best way you can because it alleviates isolation. And the last thing, get wow. out of sleep, go to bed. Yeah. Okay, just because the world turned twipsy twopsy upside down don't mean that you yeah. don't need rest. Okay, so I don't have to go to school tomorrow. I can stay up all night. No, yeah. routine. <laughs> if you go to bed at 10, go yeah. to bed at 10. It's okay. Start the routine over the next day, but get enough sleep. Go to bed, stick as close to your typical schedule as you can. Okay? Even if you have to stay at home, it's okay to go to bed. Get enough sleep. Your mind needs it before because of the overload that might be coming the next day. Okay? So you want to alleviate those things that will cause stress, anxiety, fear, sadness, and loneliness. So this is the things that you can do. So those five things is my self-care strategies for people getting oh, through the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> and I think if you can put that together, I think, you, you know, you work out pretty well. If you get that routine together, make sure you pull in on that belief strength. I think that it works. Most of the people who's trying it, they're like, you know, I got me a routine. <laughs> okay, well, let me see what that is. <laughs> let me see how that's mm -hmm. working for you, you know? But we have to do it. Wow. We have to do it. And keep this epidemic of anxiety mm. away. I know I struggle okay. with that number five. Mm -hmm. I will be up and sometimes I'll have anxiety. And I'll be like, I can't sleep. The house is quiet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, 
I'm like, but you know what? I hate to say this, and I'm gonna say it. And I know I ain't the only one. So don't nobody come for me. Don't be trying to send me no no messages. But you know what? It'll put me to sleep at night. If I can't go to sleep, you know, if I do one thing, I get sleepy. I'll be like, that's so disrespectful. Can you imagine what it is? I know. All right. All right. See, I know I wasn't the only one. Oh my goodness. And I be thinking like that's so disrespectful. I wasn't even and I've even tried it when I wasn't tired. I'm like, okay, so I wasn't tired. How all of us like mm-hmm. I said, Satan. Satan. But let me tell you, let me let me tell you how I've okay. classified that okay. in my spiritual world, right? Okay, so the word is supposed to bring us several things, and amongst those mm. things is peace. Okay, 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 okay. Right? So when you read it sometimes, it's putting you in a place of peace. Like I'm holding this thing that gives me comfort, mm-hmm. which is the word, right? And then I'm uh-huh. looking at it, you know, so it puts me in a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm in, I'm in this peace, so it helps me to, you know, fall asleep. I shouldn't be falling on the word. I fall mm-hmm. asleep on the word. What? Right? But but how do we do it? You know, you come do That's hearing right. the word That's of right. God, right? That's right. Hearing it, right? So you know, reading it. Yes, we are supposed to study the word, and we are supposed to do it, get it. But it also and it does peace. So. Don't don't bring it. Beat yourself up too bad. You know, I used to get so frustrated. I'm like, why I can't stay up? You know, <laughs> I'm reading this and why I can't stay up? I'm mad. You know, I'm turning all the lights on, <laughs> trying to figure out why. And finally, that you know, dropped in my spirit. Like I, I found my peace. I picked up my sword and I found my peace. You know, so. Yeah. Well, I have to say mm. it has been an extreme pleasure to have you on the podcast yes. show to bless us, educate us, enlighten us, and give us some humor because some of these things we said, some things, not all, but some things just had right. you know, I know they was like, oh, I can't or they could really relate to it. And so I hope, ladies and Absolutely. gentlemen, that you found a lot of information that was very useful to you or for someone that you know and love and care for, whether they're inside your home or outside your home. Mm-hmm. You've um, found out the ways you can reach out to Darnisha and she's phenomenal. And as she said, I've yes. recommended several people to her. As a matter of fact, I have someone, uh, someone close to me I'm getting ready to recommend to you tonight. And so um, mm-hmm. we all just go through different things mm-hmm. and we just, you know, um, one thing I can Absolutely. say is that it's confidential. You don't even have to worry about that. And mm-hmm. it is Absolutely. needed. And when you when you need something, it's just like when you need to eat, you eat. When you thirst and you need to drink something, you I drink. Think. So take care of your mental health, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, because mental health is your wealth. It is. That's it. That's it. And it's the, it's the core yeah. to your being, 
You know what I'm saying? You look at the core, you know, to life and this and the other. And okay, we need our heart and, you know, our heart has to beat in order for us to live. But the core to your being, you know, you being the best, you, you can be, you doing everything that you need to do for yourself to be able to function in a society like this. Your mental health is wealth is very important. Very important to be able to keep yourself on the path of moving forward. And so I also would don't mind, you know, giving my phone number out. It's 313-221-3610. So you can give me a call on that number as well if you would like to reach me if it's urgent or you want to get through to me quickly. If you get my voicemail, it's only gonna be because I'm in session, but I will awesome. return your call back. And you can awesome, send me a text. Awesome. Too. <laughs> I'm gonna share some more of this information, ladies and gentlemen. I'm also gonna make sure that you see it attached to the post with the commercials through the social media that allowed you to know that we were getting ready for this awesome show tonight. But just to reiterate some things um, Donisha had touched on, if you want to make a call and you don't, you know, you're like, I don't have anybody to talk to. As she mentioned earlier, you can reach out to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. And for those of you that's like, what is talk like? What? Okay, okay, okay. So it's 1-800-273-8255. You could also text a crisis counselor by messaging the crisis text line. As Darnisha said earlier, you could text them at um, the 800. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me take back. That's the Stella Rosa. One second, please. And we're landing. So the text line would be 741-741. If you want to reach out and you want to get a session with Darnisha, you want to, and you know, have her expound on some things. As she said, her phone number is 313-221-3610. You could also email her at darnis 48 205 at yahoo.com you can find her on facebook dawn new waking llc and you know you could always reach out to me you can dm me if you are on instagram you can um, inbox me if you're on facebook and if you know me personally you can shoot me a, a text message if not you can shoot me an email at ttfromthed at gmail.com i will more than happy i will be more than happy to get that message over to her and yeah, if you have any questions, if you, you know, if there's something that really moved you or you just, like I said, you just want to know more, she's definitely somebody that you definitely can get more from. I want to thank you, Darnisha, for taking time out of your schedule because I know how your schedule is. I know how the adversary was trying to stop this interview <laughs> from going forth, but we, but we wasn't having it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know angry. what I said? <laughs> I had said, oh, lives are going to change. Someone's going to be rescued through this interview. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Several, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. It's actually not by accident. I had just been talking to a co-worker of mine and she's like, that's it's really, really heavy on your heart. How I, my heart has been breaking mm. for the young people 
um, to have yeah. to deal with what's happening. As I deal with the adults that struggle with an addiction and they're using mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs to curb it, I can only imagine the thought process yeah. of a young person having to deal with what's going on. So my heart was breaking from that and you called. So I know it was God and I know it was all lined up like you said, the perfect timing. And my world 2020 has been crazy, (laughs) but, uh, but it was the perfect time. And I'm so grateful that I had opportunity and I thank you. I thank God for using you. I thank him for putting you in a place and space to be vocal in a world that needs that. Thank you. I, you know, I just doing my part, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm on the battlefield with everybody else Mm -hmm. who was ready Mm -hmm. to battle. And it's, it's an everyday journey. Some days it's great and we don't have it to have no enemies. But then, you know, they always lurking. They're always lurking. Um, oh, yeah. I have enjoyed Absolutely. you as always. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you have found some information, but also a lot of what was said this evening useful, where you won't be stingy with the information and you'll be more than happy to share it with someone you know, love, or care for. And with that being said, I wish you a wonderful evening. Tell Mr. Calvin, I say, hello, hello. I will, I will, I will. I will you tell my I buddy. Will. I say, and hey. I will be talking to you because I do want to talk to you about blanking <laughs> out some stuff for me. I Sounds will. like a perfect plan. Just let me you know. have a wonderful evening you. and I will talk All to you right. soon. All right. You Bye-bye. do the same. Take care. Be blessed.